Hey there, this is Twenties Convos with Wale and Toby, a conversation between two age-old friends about life. And if I get to somebody, it's physically important for me to, to be like guys who have like three, four babes. For you to, for you to manipulate it and deceptive, you're, you're putting in work, my guy, you're putting in work. The world. Like as when you're growing up, like the way your parents teach you to see yourself and to treat yourself and to be with yourself. Like for me, that is the start point of body positivity. And everything in between. For example, like spanking the towel. I'm totally against it. I'm like, I didn't get spanked. I turned out okay. But then it turns around and then it goes, Did you ever get away? I was just asking Toby um, who is anchoring this session and, and he goes, It's me. I didn't plan for it. But Ajay, like, you know, like, uh, it's, just, it's just a bit of a um, freestyle, laid back conversation about tech. Um, because I have told Toby, like, me myself, even though, my research is in tech. It's not, it is pretty much the soft side of tech, not the hard side. And mm-hmm. so I all I have is mostly abstract knowledge of things going on, not particularly details. And you right. on your end, you have some technical knowledge of things going on, maybe not entire world, but some things, you know. So we all have bits and bobs about where we fit in, which is good. But we can talk about it from a layman standpoint. And I made it a prediction vibe so that we could have the chance to be wrong. And right. when and we fact, know when we know we can be wrong, we tend to be more creative and think, you know. Not me. I feel like you guys have this thing that is going on in your heads, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm even more excited to hear what's in the Oh, it's Waleo. It's Waleo. When I studied the summary, I was like, who made this summary? Who? It's Wale. Like I said, that's why it's, when I was asking me who's driving, I'm like, bro, like, again, Wale has all these wild ideas of what's going on. So. Please carry on. I'm just I was like, maybe I should ask No, no. T- to be honest, like if you look online, there's like a whole community of people who talk about these things anyway. Mm. So it's not really me. It was pretty much. I mean, some. I think some some thoughts were me, but some of it was already um, common knowledge among people yeah. that make predictions. And um, but Again, all of us we were wrong. I mean, there's many, many years now. Like, I remember actually going to some of these um, consulting, um, fix your life kind of um, um, courses one time in, in Ibadan. And then at some point during the guest presentation, where it was like, you know, you have, to, you have to be hardworking, you have to aspire, whatever, whatever. And the guy put up a, put up a PowerPoint slide about a, flying, a self flying car. And he said, this is already in the making right now. It's going to be out in three years, four years. What are you going to do with your life? That kind of vibe. Bro, this was like, this was like 2010 or nine. Mm. That car's not come out still. <laughs> and the many the, the, the many people who pay that guy money because of that PowerPoint slide. <laughs> but the car will come out. It's just that we're not there yet. There are a lot of things that need to be in motion before we can get there, right? I think some frameworks need to be in place where those things can happen right and i won't be shocked if it happens i just think that we're not there yet it's just like thinking about self-driving cars in nigeria right um we can't we i i don't know even if even if we are ready in canada and in europe we may not be ready in nigeria until 10 years after that how um we don't have um we don't have good roads we have people who cross the road anyhow we don't even have a rule set aside Cross the road. So I would even leave Nigeria. I'll come back to it and say, let's use Canada as an example. The fact that human beings are still driving, it makes it harder for a car 
to drive itself because there's that human factor. Mm-hmm. And we know how humans have their own judgments compared to, to a machine. And that machine cannot think the way, at least for now, cannot think the way a human being will think. So they have like, you, you've told the, the machine to do this X, Y, Z, if X, Y, and there are multiple ways in which you've told it, but there's that one way it has never, never seen, before. seen before. So exactly. So it is that human, um, it is that human, hum, that human thing is still present where a human being has, <laughs> I, my manager used to, my man, my former manager has a Tesla and he would, he said he used to leave very early so that he, his car can drive him to work. Hmm. But I, I, I was in the car one day and the thing packed and I was like, oh my God, because I'm personally a Tesla fan. So I, it, it was really good. But I, I was wondering, he said, the thing is, if he goes during rush hour, He's going to crash. It's just the truth. Even my car, my car is a Honda, Honda Civic 2019, but it can break itself. And it can, it can, you know, the cruise thing. So I can, I can remove my legs and it's just going on the highway. And there are times when it would start acting up. Let's say there's snow on it, on the front camera or there's this, and then it would just stop abruptly. So imagine that I have to take control, right? And be like, no, behave yourself. Otherwise I'm going to have an accident. And that's when, um, that's when that's where automation we're not there yet i think for self-driving cars we need every or, or we need to create a framework where the self-driving cars every is self-driving yeah. so we, we don't have any human factor in it because once there's a human factor it disrupts the whole flow right yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see what you mean and the funny thing is you know when you mentioned nigeria that just made me that gave me a light bulb because I've been having these thoughts where, or this theory, not a theory because not proven, but let me just say thoughts, yeah. where I feel like because the developed worlds, nations in quotes, right, are developed and they're advancing at a, at a mad pace and the developing nations are not per se in that same realm. I have this theory that the time will come where to come full circle, that the developed worlds, a part of it will get so advanced, mm-hmm. right, so tech advanced, that it displaces a lot of people in that world. And then their own form of um, hunger and starvation will be starvation of skills, not food. Mm. So that means that, for example, in the USA or Europe or Canada or whatever, maybe 20 20 years from now, there might be a point where robots are doing everything, AI is doing everything, not everything, but most functions that people are doing right now. So i.e. truck driving, i.e. being in the retail stores, Mm-hmm. i.e. customer service, all those things, right? That mm-hmm. don't require any cognitive ability, just operational work. Yeah. It's become so advanced that that is so great for that society. Mm-hmm. But they will leave people behind so much, right? Yeah. But we, on the other end, we are nowhere near that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We are nowhere, we're nowhere near that. And it gets to a point where all we then have for us will be our people, our human labor, to then create a world for ourselves. Whereby this our own world is not advanced, but it's advanced to the point whereby our skills for operational work are still useful. Mm. So we'll almost go from it in so developed world go from a developed world to a new kind of developing world where mm. developing the sense that a lot of people are not um, economically equal. Yeah. Right. But mm. we will go from developing to a developed sense of we're economically more equal, but not to the technical advancements that these people are. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's it makes it does. I see what you mean. Um, but I think that hmm, 
I need to think about it. I think that the, the, the developing world right now, we need to catch up somehow. Um, do, we, otherwise, do we do? Catch up with what? What? I don't know. I think that if they, if they leave us behind, then how do we compete on like the brand? Exactly. But compete on what scale? That's the question we should be asking because if we say we need to catch up, catch up exactly on what? Catch up on healthcare, catch up on, on services, catch up on finance, catch up, like what we're catching up, catching up on. Because I feel like once we have the basics for ourselves mm-hmm. and we can self-sustain on water, food, shelter, jobs, those basics, those basics on the um, level one and two of Haraku's, um Maslow's needs, whatever. Mm-hmm. The catch-up game we're playing, we don't have to play that catch-up game because we're not trying to compete with China and US for global world power number one position. Right? Mm-hmm. If we're trying to compete with ourselves to further ourselves and be self-sufficient, I think that's the key word. If we're trying to be self-sufficient and we get self-sufficiency by ourselves, where we don't need loans and stuff from, from any, any other IMF body or, or US mm-hmm. or China, whatever. Yeah. We're not competing with them anymore. We don't need to. Even, so- even the... Even if they have a, a city of self-driving cars, we, we don't need to. Do we? Like, okay, do you see how the world is right now? It's going to continue to be, we're going to keep, there's going to be that gap. And think about it like this. You're thinking about it as everybody wants to stay in the country where they are, right? So if I'm living in Nigeria and I want to come to Canada, which is already technologically advanced, how do I fit in? So there needs to be a way in which a catching up has to be done. That's how I see it. They also need to catch up in many different things because they're still going to be like those, the the technology or or whatever it is that the place at which they will be is the place where Canada, Europe, um, North America, Europe, and the rest of the world have already passed. So those things are no longer valid. So think about it as a release in a, of an app. So this app is no longer um, viable. It's no longer useful. It's no longer, you can no longer use it. And that's how, how you, 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 we're thinking about Africa to always be, they will be behind. They will not be able to catch up, right? They will not be able to do, there are things that they will still be lacking because they yeah, will not be able to lend their hand because they've already passed that stage. And it's like circling back. So we need to update ourselves. We need to catch. We actually need to catch up. That's the thing. That's where I see the disparity is going to be a problem. And I've, I always think about it, like how will, and I use Nigeria because I'm familiar with Nigeria, right? How will Nigeria set themselves up for this change? Because there's going to be a disruption, whether we like it or not. I feel like with developed countries, um, with North America and Europe, yes, people, people will lose, lose their jobs. And people will have to reskill. They will have to like do things, relearn. But I think that they will be fine. But how will Nigeria? Will they be fine though? Are you sure? I think they will be fine. Think you're, you're thinking about it as okay, robots. Sorry, Toby. Did you want to say something? <laughs> no. So to be honest, like you know, this this line of the conversation, right? I feel like we're dumping things in big buckets because even within the US itself, there's still like very a huge disparity. Take SF for example, and maybe somewhere like Texas or another backwater. Oh, sorry, not backwater, but another kind of state. There's things that are not the same all through. Um, SF is definitely more advanced in certain things. The self-driving cars we're talking about is probably only in certain cities like SF because people are becoming more like 
like there's less homogeneity in the way states are run and the way development happens. And I think that that's probably going to keep on happening over. We talk about China, we talk about Russia and all these places. It's only like certain communities that actually have these advancements that we're talking about. There's still probably a larger percentage of the country that yeah. we're not seeing that is. So I think in terms of development and, you know, advancements and yeah, in, in, for example, take, for example, how Africa hasn't been able to produce a vaccine rights itself, maybe only South yeah. Africa, but has had to ship it off to Europe and things like that. I think that's where the downsides come in when you stick to self-sufficiency, because some capabilities you will not have and you'll spend more resources that you don't even have to get the things that you need, for example. Right. The reason why it's we send it's, it's almost cheaper to send your raw materials to other countries to get them produced because they have more efficiency than trying to do it yourself, right? Which is the point of global trade in that sense. I don't think there's ever a world where each individual country will be able to sustain itself. And as long as we're in a global market, resources always follow where value is going, even if you're self-sufficient, right? And to reach that self-level of sufficiency, you will need to be able to trade on a global platform. And if you're far behind, then you would always be at disadvantage. So that's why I disagree with you, Wally, that I don't think Africa can just sit back and wait. Obviously, we can develop in our own kind of way, but in a certain kind of world, this gap will always continue to exist if we take this approach, basically. Exactly. Thanks for... for I want to say the the self-sufficiency thing. I I don't mean we'll just be on our own. Like, Trade has to happen. That yeah. is for sure. There has to be that. You have to have negotiations and deals and trade. Yeah, of course, you can't, you can't be a one-man island. That's not going to change, right? Mm-hmm. What I mean self-sufficiency is that your neck is not being choked by someone else in the sense whereby if you say no, you're dead. That is what I mean. Yeah, but think about it, right? Like advancements is what causes this disparity to always happen in large scales of things, right? The reason why we couldn't stay in our Yoruba empires was because they had ships come across the water, had guns and fought us and killed us, right? And took over our land. So I don't think there's any, like you can't, like even if, because again, our communities were, they were self-sufficient, right? We were fighting our wars internally, we were doing things ourselves, but then advancements would always seek to expand, right? And once that exists, you cannot live in a world where nobody will still step on your, not step on your neck, right? If you're not, you know, up to par on certain levels in that sense, like, Yes, there are like Geneva Convention, conventions and things like that that stop certain countries from going around and stopping around. But laws can change in a second, right? And if you can't protect yourself in that sense, because the world has stopped fighting the war that you're used to fighting, right? Then it's a problem, right? Thinking about like, see, you're thinking about it in terms of plain terms, like goody tissues, everybody's eating, everybody's going out. But when it comes no. to wars, but when it comes to wars, no, no. I feel like we've even got not really in this, in this not world, really right? okay okay yeah yeah let's just drop this because we're going off point but I think I think what I'm trying to say is that there'll be there'll be something called first world problems that will not happen to us they already are kind of, they already are but, 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 yeah but like but, but like but, but like a new kind of um first world problems um but yeah let's dive into more stuff so let's talk about privacy uh about the future yeah obviously everyone's worried about privacy now in terms of you know your fridge is connected to your your internet your phone obviously your phone is a default way of your your life being in the on the internet what else yeah. your your car as well your you know your your fitbits everything you have data from yourself on the internet that pretty much gives you an avatar of yourself online what mm-hmm. do you guys think about the future do you think do, do you think that's only going to get worse or, or do you think a point will come to where everybody will be so conscious about privacy and data? So I'm thinking maybe like the next 10 years. And if you think so, what, what do you think will be the point where we'll make everybody flip? Because a lot of people I don't even think about that. Because right now, even when I browse online, 
and I see those cookie things, I always take the extra 10 seconds to say no, 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 no. And even though I'm like, dude, do you have to do this? Really? Do you have to do this? It's become part of my nature now, right? And that's just because I am conscious about what I give yeah. out there. But what point do you think everybody will be that way? Let me that, start with um, IJ. Is it that way to say no or that way to now start accepting that? Just, yes. just, just privacy in general. Like, do you think... Do you think it will become a myth in the future or do you think we'll, we'll be, find a way to get a hold of it again? So I think it depends on how, hmm, I think it depends on how they, um, I think privacy is still going to be a big deal. I think that privacy is, is something that, especially our generation, I think the, us, we like our privacy. We don't want anything out there. You're browsing some things and you actually don't just want it out there, right? So if, I think that there's going to be a point where there has to be a policy set in place. And these policies cannot be just the software developers and the AI mm. people, all those people making the decision on how the data should be used. Mm. There needs to be ethics, an ethics board that contains proper law, law and policymakers that are at that table having the conversation around privacy. And it has to be a consensus amongst people that okay, is this what can we take and what can't we take? Because, like you said, there are even some things now that I'm not comfortable sharing, right? Even what is ju- it just has to happen. Like my location is tracked every second. Um, I was looking at something recently, when not too recent, but like two years ago, before I d- d- um went deep deep into this um AI and data science space, was um about you can tell if a girl is a teenager is pregnant. Yeah, I saw that thing. I saw that thing. Yeah. Was it Walmart or, or some big store that did it? Or something like that. Yeah. By how, the, like what the, what, how, the, I don't even know. And I was like, yeah, no, it was, was kind of like the, the items she, the shops, she shops and the timing of, and the spacing of how she shops with it. For them, exactly. even, even before she knows, which was yeah, even knows, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Even before she knows she, she's pregnant. And I was like, that is very, invasive right like it's a very um it's a very slippery slippery slope because it's at what point do we draw the line that this is not okay at what point do we say i don't want this data using to predict anything don't use my data for that kind of thing right so it's just um it's i think there's going to need to be a, a, a very serious discussion and i don't think we're even there yet in terms of privacy um and stuff or whatever it is because in the first place, we are still having privacy bridges everywhere. Our data is being... Um, I know that WhatsApp brought out a new thing that they are going to be taking some data. I know a lot of people are like, nope, I'm leaving WhatsApp because of this. The way. Like, it's just... It's just um, I, I think that not just the technical people should have a say. I, I'm technical, but I think that there should be people on the law enforcement, law policy side, ethics side, that have to sit down. The government has to take control of this. Like you can't leave it to the private companies to um, make the decision on how our our private information will be used, shared, or stored, right? So those are the kind of things that I think about. I I'm, I'm like, okay, yes, because there are people who are just very private, but but they can't do they can't do anything with a phone that doesn't have that doesn't have internet. Like you can't use a Nokia thirty three ten right can't. now. You, you can't, can't, you can't, you can't, and you'll be left behind. And yeah, and- you'll be left behind. So the, somehow, even no matter how private you are, if you like don't have any social media, whatever, as far as you have a smartphone, your your data is available somewhere. 
that's it. Toby, so have- what do you think about the the? I'm sorry, I just cut you off. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. just finish. No, no, no. Sorry, finish. Like I thought you were done. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm just saying that you have to. We we have to have that discussion, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 you mentioned government actually, and I thought government is actually useless because. Even if you watch the very first um, Congress that they had with Mark Zuckerberg, which was, I think, seven years ago, or no, maybe six years ago or something, that he just married Congress, they did not even know what Facebook was as a principle. They did not know what um, messaging worked, how it worked. It was just a it was just a a, a troll of, of of a Senate interview, Congress interview. So I think it's only until the last one that they had last year. That you can see that okay, that these guys are actually going to read stuff. Yeah. Right. But but then again, even even what you're tackling, the issues that the issues of 10 years ago, um, okay, maybe five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Something in terms of privacy, like yeah. what do you think the future would hold for that? Um, so b- before I speak about the future, the thing about tech really is that the law would always be on the back foot and try to catch up with it. And this is not just about tech. When you think back to Wall Street, before tech became the big thing that everybody was trying to bring down, the government did not understand how Wall Street was working and things like that. It was just this enigma that they didn't understand. And so laws were always behind and things like that. And because you have very, very smart people working in those industries, you would always have this issue, right? So, but in terms of the future, honestly, like, I haven't spent so much time thinking of, thinking about like 10, 20 years down and seeing how tech and privacy, you know, becomes a thing. I feel like privacy and privacy online, which is different from like your regular privacy in your house, in my opinion, um, I think it started to become a thing because data is now valuable and people can now make use of data. Before, there wasn't enough computing to make sense of anything, but people have seen the power of what data can do. And that's what's bringing all this fear about and all this question about ethics and things like that. But as a human race, even the basic things, right? Don't kill people, don't steal. We've hardly, like, we have laws, but we still face those issues. And this is 2020 or 2021. So I, I look at some of these things and I'm like, sure, they'll become issues. Would they be solved? I doubt it, right? And the question is just how can we navigate a world like that on our own terms? Not like, I guess we can try and hold government accountable for some things, but it will always be behind. And so, in terms of data, I think. And we'll get to a point where, you know, your your identity is your fingerprint or whatnot. In China, already it's already happening. You can't do certain things without having a phone, without having like a social security number and things like that, even in the US. So like those are already signals of what's to come, right? Um, and how do we eventually handle that? Because it's only going to become more evasive in, in that sense. Everybody's trying to link everything and sync everything up on the pretense of efficiency, which I guess is true, but um, as long as human beings are involved, um, and even when you talk about AI, again, you people, human beings technically build their bias into AI. So you're still stuck with the same problem eventually. So I don't know, it's not It's not like, if, if that is a big fear for some people, I don't think it's looking bright as what I would say in, in the future when it comes to privacy. Yeah. Yeah. With the AI one, it depends on. Um, I know there's. I know there's different levels of AI, so it depends on the kind of AI it is. I think if you build, I think this this the, what's what's it called? The AI that that pretty much you build to learn, but then learns itself and develops its own cognitive ability. So I think that's like the we are still level, it. level are still, three AI. It's still learning yeah. from a human being, right? It is. It is, yeah. but. But I think it gets to a point where it makes its own decisions of new information that is beyond you, the person who built it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so even though I can't remember what it's called, I think it's I know again, what you mean. I know what you mean. So I'll, I'll give you an example of one like that. 
that failed miserably. <laughs> um, it, I think it was a Twitter bot and they created a bot to tweet. So maybe I'm not biased and maybe it will learn from the internet. It started tweeting racist stuff, right? So when you think about those kind of things, mm. we are not, there is, there, except you say that everybody in the world is good, there's yeah. going to always be that bias. And Toby mentioned something which I wanted to ask about. Um, I'm a data scientist. I'm, a, I'm an AI. I love it. I love it. And I think that we should, we should have it. I just think that we need proper laws. I think, I think it should take over the world. I just think we need proper laws. And that, that's it. that topic is not my topic because it's, I don't know anything about yeah. it. But there was something that Toby said that I wanted to ask about. You said privacy is different from privacy online. Are you serious? What about Alexa? Where's the line? Do you get what I mean? How is the privacy within your home now different from privacy online if I have Alexa who hears yeah, it's, everything? It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that different because um, I think, I think the, the, what, so, so what I like to call front, front end and back end privacy, and I, and, and I know I'm butchering you tech guys' words, <laughs> and forgive me, but my point of that is front end privacy is pretty much what you put up voluntarily. You see your Instagram. Yeah. Posts, what you tweet, those kind, those kind of things that give people information about you. But your back end are things that are in a part of your life that 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 you have to do your life, but you don't give out data for. But just tends to build up data about you. So pretty much, where you jog through every morning, what time you wake up, using your Alexa, what you listen to at certain times, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So I think it's that back end one that is a lot more scary because, you know, I think that's why even when this guy dropped Portal. I, I was like, this, this is, this is anybody who buys this thing doesn't even is not even thinking straight because, you know, this guy doesn't have a good record. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, obviously, that that and that back end one, that the back end kind of data is 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 one thing that is obviously fearful. And you mentioned, you know, how are we going to go about it? Because obviously, government is unreliable, as we all know, which they need less power. And we all know they need less power. I think one way that 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 will solve this for us is is the is still the open source community now i don't know much about open source communities and how they and how that forms in code but i know that is if you look at things that tend to be open source they are always they always have like a good is always a good outcome or a good motive behind it so things like your wikipedia your 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 linux mos your 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 those kind of things your signal right so and you guys know signal i've heard about it yeah, so so signal actually signal open source. No, actually, it's not open source. I think it's just a non-profit mm-hmm. organization. Yes, so signal is a messaging app that pretty much um gives you end-to-end encryption, but not in the way Instagram WhatsApp does it, in a way whereby there is just no trace anywhere and there's no temporary storage, right, mm-hmm. of your of a messaging at any point. So signal is non non-profit. And it's kind of open source because people come together to give ideas together. But I think it's those kind of things that would help us at some point. So maybe there'll be good tech guys who come mm. out to say, yo, let's stop this. Like, let's help with the privacy thing. Like we saw on social media, social dilemma, um, um, Netflix special, possibly. But then again, that that's a big if to depend on, right? Mm. Um, but let's deep um, privacy for now. We'll come back to it later. Let's talk about blockchain. I first heard about blockchain in 2016. and and I actually did like I did like a presentation on it for my masters in 2016 because I was like, oh yo, everybody was talking about blockchain. Yeah. And for me, blockchain has become this thing where those who know about it are excited, yeah. right? And looking forward to use cases. Yeah. Those who don't know about it are excited, but 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 don't know what, what it does. Mm-hmm. And so, there's some who know about it as well, and like, 
they don't care. Do you know much about blockchain in the first place? And what do you think blockchain might do? So let me start with Toby on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we've been aware of it, like, you know, heard about, you know, what it is and kind of like nature of how it works. And in, in many aspects, the primary like premise of it is something that seems very useful for a, a lot of different things and to scale things in actually not to scale, but the premise of it is, is interesting. Um, but the scalability of it and the, I guess the resourcefulness of it is what is typically called into question, right? Which is because every transaction, before every transaction is confirmed, you have to like, you know, do all these, there's a lot of computing power that goes into making the blockchain what it is. Right. And, you know, that's what people are arguing for because you're then reducing a lot of resources to do things that there, there are other ways to do, but maybe not more efficient in that sense. But yeah, not to dive into all of those things, but um, yeah, I know about blockchain, pretty interesting, still very like surface knowledge, not anything like deep that I, I might yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Uh, Jihabi. Yeah. So the way, so I've, I've, the way I understand blockchain is the way I understand anything I just need to understand. So blockchain to me is just like a decentralized something like this. So if you have a Google document, for example, for people out there who are not tech, I want to understand. So it's like you have a Google document and you share it out to people and they can all make changes to it. And there's no really like single place where like, like anybody can do anything and it's not, there's no central location that is held that if that makes sense, right? That's a very simple example of blockchain. I think it's a good one. I think it's interesting. I think the first time I heard about blockchain was in the cryptocurrency um, yeah. use case. Um, I've never really sat down to say, oh, I want to learn deep about it. I'm, I'm, I'm for technology taking over the world i'm not joking I, and i said this very carefully though because i don't know who is listening to me but like i'm i'm for it because i think that it will make our lives easier and if blockchain is part of that please by all means i it's something i definitely want to um to read more about but i've never had to like do anything around it. I just understand it enough to know what it is and I, I'm ready to have a conversation. But yeah, that's how I understand what... Do you guys think banks will go? Nope. But why don't you want them to go though? Like, No, like I don't want... Banks are already going, by the way. If, like, if you think about like physical banks, like we have online banks now. So if that can further... If blockchain can further enhance what is going on, but think about it like this. You're thinking about it as banks will no longer be useful but banks can can create their model such that they are still useful using the blockchain technology so re re redefining what they what they what they are doing right now to fit into the technology that is to come and that's the thing i think that's the main pre- that, that's the main premise of any ai taking over or any technology taking over everybody has to be, be on their feet to def, to restructure what they are currently doing right so that they can compete in the market that's that's my own thing they may go they may not go maybe the ones the, maybe the newer banks who are more technologically inclined <clears throat> will take over but it depends on how they they put themselves in the market to um get ready for blockchain disruption the the banking yeah. industry, yeah. Well, cash, because I feel like with cash, I feel like if not, if cash is going to go at some point, it's just looking likely. I feel like when cash finally goes, maybe in 10 years, 15 years, I feel like society will just look like a society of points as opposed to actual money. Money will not feel like money anymore. It feel like points. Like, may I've got 100 million points with me because the moment you don't transact anymore with a physical object that you can touch and feel, I think psychologically i don't know maybe 
maybe, maybe not. This is just me just predicting. Toby, what do you think? Do, 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 do you think cash is going to go anywhere? Or? No, no, definitely. Like cash in the form that we're pretty familiar with it. Um, yeah, with, it's, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely like, you know, change, right? I think transactions and, you know, legal tenders and stuff like that have changed and transformed over time, like from carries in certain parts to, you know, just trade by barter and stuff like that. So trade will always find the most efficient way to execute what it is that it wants to do. And to be honest, right now, I think where cash is still just in, in informal economies is where cash is the order of the day in that sense. I think it's with digital transactions and the way the ledger system works in banks and all of that, we're already on this kind of like points thing because fiat money itself is not exactly money in like it's just it's it's you saying it's like a promissory note for something right which could be yeah, money money doesn't yeah. exist exactly like so what we what we have is currency not money right which is why it's it's best for it to always be moving because once it's static inflation and all these things begin to take over it so i think obviously like it would again see when it comes to predicting the future, I feel like I'm just this different person. Because think about the Concord, for example. You know, when I feel, when, I feel like I feel like you, you have an issue with trying to, with you have an issue with possibility of being wrong. Like no, it's not about being wrong. I think I'm just like. Why do you find it so difficult? No, no, no. Wait, wait. Let me explain myself. I just like to be very practical because certain exercises in, I guess I don't know. Like I can be creative. Well, you can be practical all the time. You know why you can practical all the time? Why? I said culture because. If you're working in a leadership position in any, in, a, in any organization, you have to pick the future. Even if, even if, even if you can't accurately, a part of you. Wait, wait. All right. So that's why I said creatively practical, right? And the point of the matter you just, is. You just added a word in there. Just no, no, no. No, no. What I mean about is think of Warren Buffett, for example, right? The guy is not about predicting the future. He's about understanding fundamentals. And the thing about that we've seen over time is that fundamentals will always form the foundation of what success is. That like, right? works for that sector, though. You can't. That think example, I'm not going to use that as a. And that's your perspective. I'm just saying that fun, understanding the fundamentals of things is much is a safer bet than trying to predict some rational future. Because again, the example of I was course, going to give, of course, wait, wait, of course, truism, bro, truism, of course. Like the example I was going to give, right, about um the Concord, for example. Everybody thought, oh, I can go to London to New York in 40 minutes and all of those things, right? Where's the Concord now? The problem was it was creative, it was brilliant, but it wasn't practical. Practical. You understand it wasn't economic, like you couldn't scale economically. Right. Right now, yes, um, Elon Musk is doing some incredible work with the whole boring thing and all of those things. Would they become scalable? I don't know if they're not built on proper fundamentals. I doubt it. And so that's why for me, I don't know, like it might be a problem at some points, but when it comes to creative and predicting certain things. Yeah, but yeah, but guess what? Like nobody saw the cloud computing coming, but it's, it's on the same fundamentals as mainframes, but yeah, cloud computing has disrupted a lot of organizations. So fundamentals don't have to change specifically for- When you say like, nobody saw it coming, what do you mean? By like nobody saw it coming? Well, in 1999, nobody ever thought you you put your servers, your your systems and your company on a different server that is, that, that's not on-premise. There's, there's a difference between thinking about something not existing and thinking about something that like there's a between something being impossible and you like something that you can't yeah, just okay. see it you get i just sorry yeah, i get i get what you mean so 
There's a difference between you've thought about it and it cannot work. You 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 don't you see only one percent chance of it working, mm. and you did not see it coming at all. But it can happen. So mm. if you if you thought about it as well, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this is possible based on X Y Z. Mm. So I, yeah, and I agree with Toby. I I don't even want to add anything to it. I agree with Toby. <laughs> I mean, first of all, that point is a is an obvious point of of yeah. There's some things that you can predict that. I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what he said, but I know it's an obvious point. <laughs> listen but back to it again. <laughs> my point is that my point is that everybody has to predict the future if you're in a position of leadership, right? You can say I'm wrong, but honestly, I know that I'm right on this one. Everybody needs to prepare for the future, not predict the future, bro. Yes, prepare, exactly. Preparation, preparation involves preparation oh. involves scenario planning. Prediction yes. does not mean you have to be right. You plan scenarios and say. The future can look like alternative A, B, C, D. I agree F. with you. And, That's and if A happens, what do we do? If mm-hmm. B happens, what do we do? Those, those are predictions. Those you can use what word you want. Yes, to do. Those are predictions. True. And I'm backing this point. I'm backing this point. I'm backing this point with this with so much um, sternness and uncertainty no, because I, I know you. this. Right. This is, well, this, is, this, this is this is my research. Let this, me ask right? you a question for you. Yeah. So yes, you can predict the future. Let's use that word because so that it's not we, we can predict the future, right? Wait, and we could be wrong. Hold on, hold on. Wait, okay, 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 okay. You can predict the the, the the um the future and we could be wrong, yes. But do you agree that predictions are based on what is happening now? Of course. Okay. And that's why they're okay. usually wrong, bro. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Keep going, of course, yeah, yeah. So, of course, because because like for you to think about something, that's be a a base level for me to come for it to come from, right? Mm-hmm. Some people, some few people, individuals have the ability to think outside the come outside the flipping box, right? Mm-hmm. Where where it's from nowhere. Fair enough, right? And it may happen, and it may not happen. That's fair, right? If you watch if you watch very very old movies, right? Very very old movies that that were predicting about the future, many of them are wrong. Right, but a few are right, and, and at the point where they made those predictions, there was very little evidence to show why that that could could happen right now, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they okay. You know what? Let us move on to something else, right? Because because <laughs> because that face that face just came. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so I, I think where we're coming from, and we can move on after this, right? Um, I think we're coming from. Um, different perspectives that have some truth to them in that aspect. I think maybe I'm just, just semantics. Yeah, maybe yeah. just words. Maybe exactly. Maybe just... we just haven't using using words properly. Because I'm just thinking that sometimes few predictions like this are sort of like self fulfilling prophecies in the sense that you know we think like when um, people used to write about flying cars and stuff like that. I think just the idea of thinking of that kind of idea as opposed to predicting it is what forces some people to say, oh, let's see if it's even possible to make this happen. And then you stumble onto something like reusable rockets or things like that. Like, so for me, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm just too practical in in, in that sense. But when it comes to predictions, um, I don't know, honestly, like I don't even know how we got to this point of the conversation because we are like trying to predict. But pragmatism and and predictions cannot even go together. That's where you're wrong. So that's, that's the problem. I think that's what I've been trying to tackle. The fact that you're saying pragmatism and predictions can't occur in the same ecosystem. But let's move on. We'll cover this in a different episode. Maybe that's like a, a different thing. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> but, like, what's going on here? <laughs> I did. Uh, how about like... Um, let's go back to AI, for example. Um, what what jobs do you think are going to be gone in like 10, 15 years because of AI? 
uh, 10, 15 years, uh, <laughs> I have to be very careful. <laughs> That's a step on toes. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just, okay. just, just say as is. Let's, let's, do the, let's do the ones that are online that anybody can see because it's not me that said it, right? Because there are some that in my head, I'm I mean, just I like... I mean, like, mm. if they go, it's not your fault. It's just... It's it's that's, <laughs> that's true, but I don't, I don't know. Let's start with customer service, for example. Um, I even saw that bartending. But this was... A, I don't think... I think this was a conversation I had, right, on, on Clubhouse. And the person was like, even bartenders too would not be, like, imagine a bartender that some people like the conversations with bartenders, right? And I was like, um, so basically, let me put it like this. Let me answer your question first and we can go into the details. So um, what kind of jobs do I think would not be available? And I'm going to, I don't want to be diplomatic or anything. I actually want to be clear, but it's going to come off as diplomatic. We are going to, jobs that are routine, Jobs that have no, like jobs that don't necessarily need cognitive abilities. Job that, um, it's literally, it is the same thing over and over again. There's a process to it, right? Those jobs will be out of market. Um, I was saying recently that even accounting is being, is already phasing out, right? Accountants are going to be phased out at some point. Um, people in customer service, like call centers will be phased out. It's the same thing. Like, we even see this chat. I spy. I when I go on things um, website, you can talk to a robot. Talk to a robot, and they will help you with your problems without even because what they what that robot. I've, I've built a chatbot before, and you can it. It would only get better based on the questions. If we notice, a lot of questions are very similar. So in the customer service call center um, help desk kind of world, a lot of questions are very similar, and you can always script the, 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 the internet for that answer, right? So if it is something out of the world, then we can move to, to, to a, a human being. But there are a lot, a lot of places that just use automation to answer those questions, right? The people are no longer involved because they know the question, they can predict the questions that are going to come up, right? Based on what has come up in the past. So they don't need a, a, a call center filled with thousands of people to answer the same question. Yeah. So those kind, of, those kind of things that, and that's, that's where reskilling, that's why I always say, that's where reskilling comes into play. And a lot of people say, oh, but I'm not going to don't, have a job. I don't, and I don't really believe in reskilling as, as, as a solution, but continue. You know, I, I, I don't want to go into another deep conversation about this. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I believe in. Um, a lot of jobs that are happening right now were not necessarily available 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So reskilling is actually a thing and it should be a thing. Another should thing be, is it practical? Is my... It is practical, actually. It's very practical. Based on the practical thing, I think it's very practical. Of course, there are people that will be left by the wayside who will not be able it to... It depends, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it, there are people that will not be able to pick themselves. And I'm not even disputing that. I think that the, the, the markets will be disrupted. There will be a lot of um there'll be a lot of things that would happen. But sometimes we think about AI taking over the world as such a bad thing that we forget that it's going to be new experiences. It's going to be, it's going to open doors to many different things, right? So for example, I was in a room and I asked the question, I said, why are we so focused on how bad AI will be to, like, why are we so focused about, oh, AI is going to take over the world and nobody's going to have a job? I said, what about 
um, the, 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 the low cost of living that is going to happen because there's no reason for anybody to spend that much money if robots are doing everything. What about um, you now being more creative to create your own robots that you can sell to other people or something? What about, and this is just me sitting down, I've not been in that position yet, but what about you creating things that will help parts of the robots? What about, there are many things, and remember that we are already in the automation stage. Your coffee maker coming on in the morning at 8 a.m., it's automation. Yeah. Your alarm clock going off, your, there are a lot of things. Automation is not just going to come and clear. You see, the, see those movies where you just see that the whole earth is cleared? I don't think that's how automation and AI is going to come and take over the world. No, I think that is going to be a very careful, um, careful evolution. <laughs> A very ass jug. <laughs> For those listening, Wally just passed across a big ass jug on the screen, just so you know. <laughs> I need to drink water, man. But sorry, I did go. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Just, sorry, continue. I even forgotten where I stopped. But so let's not think about AI as oh, it's just going to clear the whole world. No, there's going to be steps to it there's going to be steps to it everything when um smartphones came out it didn't just come out as this full-blown smartphones it was little by little by little by little trust me we've not we've not scratched what smartphones can do we we haven't so when you think about it and smartphones have been in existence for how long of course it would now be at an exponential rate at some point but i think that by that time humanity will start to catch up with what is going on. I don't see, you, sorry, Toby. I, I yeah, just, so, so, so I was just going to like, um, sort of like iterate some of the points you made in the sense that I think as human beings, we have a tendency to overestimate um, what exponential change and growth looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, whenever new change comes, everybody just thinks, oh, this is going to drastically change things. But I think the changes that have stayed and last the most are changes mm-hmm. that are very progressive. In hindsight, it might seem yeah. quick enough, but to be honest, yeah. in hindsight, it's actually a very like, it integrates into our lives in certain kinds of ways. And I think as long as you're like a human being that, you know, is still learning and knows how to at least grow in a certain kind of way, you will find a new level of normal. It might not be the same level, like you might lose some, you know, I guess whatever it is, but like the whole wipeout thing is something that I think even philosophers and sociologists have said that, you know, it never really happens that way. We always overestimate how much of an impact certain new things can cause, but it tends to always be progressive. We could be wrong at some point but that's why for me yeah when i say that that's what i just wanted to um, add to that sorry yeah i agree i agree i don't think it's just going to be like so drastic right like i think we will have a chance to catch up and that's why um i said that reskilling is possible and i'm not saying it because oh i'm the one that that defines what reskilling is i'm saying that it's possible because unknowingly unknowing or knowingly you will learn as you're going as far as you have that mindset of learning so if you even think about our parents and, and them, I, yes, I, don't, I, don't, I never thought that our parents would be able to use iphones right but they are using it they're using macbooks and these things are not simple if you think about it they're actually smart but it's the way it was introduced well, uh, if, if 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 you look at the the level of difference in capability between your typical iPhone and what it takes to program and say hello world. It's mm. not, it's not, it's But well, there'll always the be users of products now. Yeah, I, I think not everybody will have to build tech products. They're going to be users of tech products. So as long as- Yeah, and, and, and I agree. I'm, I'm referring to, to the idea of reskilling as, 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 the, 
as 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 a solution that that we I agree we need to rescale, but yeah. is it practical? And it, I obviously like obviously it it depends on what sector. So for example, people who okay, good example right now is healthcare, right? Yeah. Or lawyers, right? So AI is doing a lot more for healthcare and, and legal profession now that that people are not gonna to have to do that would that jobs to change there. So for example, radiology. There's machines now that can read things in in from X-rays that it better than than the than the human eye can, and by default you want those machines to read that because you're saving lives, right? Yeah, sure. But now, one thing is happening. Or two things are happening. One is that people people are are running from that field, radiology, right? But also you're seeing doctors who are then reskilling to now to use and learn about AI and those things, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, that one I I vibe with. I understand that. You have to reskill. You either join the join the game or you piss off. Yeah, it's as simple as that. But on the other end of the spectrum, those people who have those people who you said operating in operational work, IJ, right? One of the professions whose whose jobs are just with their hands. You are mm-hmm. a truck driver. You are a call center person. You are a person at supermarkets. Mm-hmm. What level of reskilling can can they get to fit into a world whereby whereby the skills you need to operate in that world? require yes some years either some years of professional competence or or some some level of age benefit benefits in terms of if you're 50 you can't compare yourself with 50 someone who's 20 yeah. 20 even if even if even if you're 20 and you need to go to school you have you have an advantage yeah already so I, so which so which is why i say reskilling is great but it depends yeah the angle I'll come from to respond to that in, in a kind of way is that I think that's where we that that's where the function of government is really supposed to be centered on. Government is useless. No, wait, wait. I, I anticipated <laughs> you say that, but what I tried to what I'm trying to say is that government is useless in taking us forward, but I think it has a place in managing the lowest common denominator in that sense, right? In creating a safe space for where the highly productive people are producing well enough and are thriving well enough to be able to give me an example when this has happened. No, I'm like social security in that sense. Like I know it's it's been thrown to uh, to like very weird places, but the reason why communities like that, they're people that have you know if they're unemployed, they they have like this things or things that they get from the government and these disbursements and things like that that are taken from the fact that there's a lot of people being productive enough so that some people do not have to work. It's kind of like the whole socialist thing, but not to that extreme. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah, yeah. That, that's an example of where like having a central thing to that can overview everything and then sort of like distribute resources. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that sounds more like a cushion for for the effect of the issue as opposed to... It's always going to be the case. Work. It's always, as long as you have... Yeah, yeah. But, but the problem there still remains that even if you cushion the effect, people are still unskilled. For sure. But do you remember when industrialization disrupted, there were people that had to be displaced that didn't yeah. there were, there and there were riots and there were riots right yeah but that doesn't mean that so i think that there will be displacing of people there's going to be there's going to be po- poverty there's going to be the rich getting richer like i i saw that even the big four if they're if they're at the forefront of it they'll probably be continue to be at the forefront yeah. of it all yeah. of that right but i think that at the end of the day things will start falling into place and like we've said before we're thinking about it as something that is just going to happen overnight. And I, I like that you said truck drivers. I, I don't know if you've heard about the, I think, is it not Tesla, the truck, the self-driving truck? A lot of truck drivers are actually happy about it because these people drive long hours. Yes, 
Yes. Wait, yes. what what are they happy about exactly? Sorry, let me let me let me hear you. This this thing can drive for a period because like we, we already established at the beginning of this conversation that automation like um self-driving cars cannot a car cannot drive for the whole way through. A human so need, yeah. So it it a truck driver would have the ability to say, you know what, I'm going to take my leg off and just relax. I won't be sleeping, but I'll just relax and allow this thing to go for the next four, five hours and step in when it Oh, okay. Okay. So you're referring to, to the to the driving trucks that, that still need human input inside the car. Yes, but what okay. I'm okay, but what of the driving trucks that are coming very soon that just need one person inside a room to control? That probably will be around the next 10 years. That's why I told you at the beginning of this conversation, we're not there yet. <laughs> if there are still human beings driving on the highway, yeah. we cannot drive, we yeah. cannot have a self-driving car that there's nobody in the car. Yeah. We can't have that because there are people on the road who are driving and we we believe we remember that human beings drive anyhow. No. When you say we cannot, do you mean do you mean well, but, but you know, like another way to look at this is also the fact that I think reverse immigration might then come into play. You know, right now people are moving to where their opportunities are better opportunities in that sense. But because the whole world is not going to get to this point at the same time, like look at us now, like there's just so much disparity. So maybe like it's possible that obviously we see a reverse kind of immigration, right? That's that's what I was I was I, that's that's what my mind was going to when I mentioned that developing nation kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very possible. Continue. In Nigeria, get ready for work permits. You're supposed to be <laughs> no, no, maybe, maybe not to Nigeria, maybe just to other areas in no, that, but, in that but even to Nigeria, to places, because think about it, right? When, when look at South Africa, for example, all the, the, the wines that are owned by the Europeans or that, you know, the white South Africans, like, it was because it was an opportunity. They left where it was comfortable. Even look at Nigeria, like when, you know, the the, the England, um, United Kingdom came to invade. Like, yeah, people, that's people, true. people will go to backwater places where they feel there's an opportunity that they can exploit or take advantage of the knowledge that they have, right? So, like, that's honestly, true. I look at the whole world, even Bible times, and it's just, honestly, like, yeah. things are changing the format in which they present themselves, but the core of it, the fundamentals of it, stay the same which is why i say yeah. when it comes to predicting the future i rather look and understand fundamentals because then they will to, it will get you ready for something that you're yeah. not even ready or predict what you haven't predicted but because you understand yeah. the fundamentals you're kind of in a better position so that's what i, I agree look. yeah and and again again i agree with that i never disagree with that with that <laughs> promise i just I, I think my argument for that was just that we can use fundamentals in several ways that will give us yeah. new realities yeah. right and and right whereby i will never think about hence the prediction right before 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 we close um what of robots and and i know when i was talking about about people uh, people being scared of of tech and everything and i I totally agree with ij in terms of you know we tend to think about negatives first we we don't think about the opportunities that can come with it right and 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 even though i played devil's devil's advocate with that i i definitely agree with what you said about you know it's creating other opportunities for us yeah. And no, actually, not even robots. Let me talk about schools and universities. Mm. And this one for me is very touchy because, because I've learned so much a lot, particularly in the last two years about the academic world. Mm. I feel like there's many professions that, and again, it's, again, I keep saying, I thank God I'm not four years younger. I thank God I'm the age I am because I just, I, I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or bad thing, but I'm just happy that I'm, I'm the age I, where I am. I feel like there's a lot of people who right now who are going into degrees, going into occupations, into university for, mm-hmm. for certain for certain jobs, for certain professions that yeah. in 10 years will not be existing anymore. 
Mm. Right. And mm. I mean, maybe maybe not us in Nigeria, but in the UK, US, these people go into university and get debt and go on debt straight up. Mm. Right. Yeah. And well, maybe in two, three years' time, my president will cancel student debts. Fair enough, whatever. But there's many people who go into universities now for jobs that will not exist anymore, right? What do you guys think about that in, t- in terms of, you know, t- tech, you know, disrupting occupations and, you know, you've been in school. How should you think about that kind of prediction in the future kind of thing? Hmm. That's, like you said, it's a very touchy one. And it, and it, it is, it is. Um, I think that my response is going to be very biased because I'm very pro-tech and I'm very pro-everybody should learn how to program, even if it's just... <laughs> how to type hello world i'm not joking like i have these conversations with my friends every time just learn it like you just don't know um but Mm. even if you decide that you don't want to learn how to program i think that you should now start looking at ways in which you can incorporate ai uh machine learning robotics and everything into um your field right so i was even making i was making it a joke well not a joke per se but it's a joke um i was telling someone that very soon robots will be making Nigerian food. And she was like, no, it's never going to be as sweet as, as has. And I was like, <laughs> I, I will create the robots that makes better Nigerian food than you make. Because guess what? I will send you to Nigeria to learn how to make that food. I'm very surprised that the girl's first response was like, don't be as sweet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what she said. And I was like, see, guess what? I'm going to create a robot that goes to Nigeria and learns how to make this food. Right. So we now need to start le- thinking of creative ways and a chef, right. Can decide that I'm going to be, I'm going to be, have that robot for my own business. And I'm going to, I know it's not easy, right. It's not, it's going to be a lot of investment, a lot of money, but if you think about it, you're like, okay, maybe I can now, I can now be a restaurant that can create multiple cu- cuisines as a, as a, as a, as opposed to one. So how do I now put myself in a position where um, I can incorporate, yes, we say that some things can take over, but some things can work hand in hand. It's not necessarily a takeover. It's man versus, it's not man versus AI, right? Or woman versus AI. It is AI and man slash woman, right? So we can, and we can make that happen. Like we said, it's progressive. It's not a oh, it's going to disrupt such that the world will just shake. No. How do I now put myself so that social service, for example, and I don't know the answer to this. I, I really don't, but social service can now be done a different way or something. Like how do, what, what can I bring up? Like Clubhouse, for example, and this is a little bit off, but Clubhouse just came and I was like, this is so smart. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm still blown away by Clubhouse and, and the model. But guess what? Like, like Toby said, it's still based on a fundamental. It's not something we, we, we've... If you think about it, you'll be like, I could have thought about this, to be honest, because they're already podcasts, so I, I could have thought about this. So there are things that we can build off of other things. How can tech help? How can tech... And that's even where the conversation about privacy, we can go back to it. And I, sorry, I need to go in like three minutes, but I just want <laughs> yeah, to... Yeah. And, 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 and that's the... about privacy about all those things because when you are in the process when you are in that position to start thinking right you now become a part of the process you can now say you cannot be ai for good you can be part of that ai for good conversation because you are a part of it and i think everybody should be ready to be a part of it don't see it as an enemy it is not an enemy it is something that is going to help us and we may not even see the full effects of ai till we die 
to be honest, it is our great grandchildren that will be there struggling and saying, ah, this one has taken over, blah, blah, blah. That should be, I don't know. I really don't. But I just think that we should be open to embracing it and not close off ourselves. That's what I, I just wanted to say. Mad, mad. Honestly, if, if AI needed, needed a lawyer, it should be you, honestly. Because uh, hey. <laughs> that's a fool. Yeah, but IJ, before you go, um, um, just tell us, Tell us, give me one prediction, or just one big prediction, even though it may not come true, even though Toby hears what prediction. Just give me one prediction about, about the future in terms of tech. And also, and also just let everyone know about your Instagram, your um, your journey through tech briefly and what you do. And just, just so that everybody knows where to find you after this. Hmm. I think there's going to be smart cities, you know, um, and... Uh, Toby, I think you shouldn't disagree with this in terms sure, of sure, predictions. Sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, the, the cities are going to be smarter. Um, there are things that are going to be, and I think energy and AI is going to be a thing. And on the side notes, that's that's my stock preference. Energy and AI, that's my stock preference. I think energy, because we also see hand in hand green, like because of self-driving cars, things are more efficient. So that means energy. So that's another thing I um I'm, I see happening with the with the countries, like smart countries, smart cities. Um, I think that's basically that's that's my that. I answer your question and also so that Toby too is a little bit satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatic woman. I love that. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm a senior data scientist at IBM and I am a career mentor on the side. Um, people call me nerd and geek. I don't know if I am, but like I read weird articles that I understand and don't understand. Sometimes I sleep with YouTube videos on deep learning, sometimes I don't understand them actually most of the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, so um, I love mathematics, I love statistics. And if you need anything, you want to talk about data science or AI, and I love learning, I love learning about it. There are things I learned here today. Um, I don't know everything, I just know the one that I know, right? <laughs> um, you can catch me on Instagram on, at, at Olomohi, O-L-O-M-O-H-I, and you can, same thing for Clubhouse. Um, yeah, those are the two places I use, and and then um, LinkedIn, my full name, IJ Guahide. So yep. awesome, IJ. Thanks very much. Uh, you guys check out IJ's page and connect with her on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Clubhouse. She's uh, as she said, she's she's not a nerd, but she knows a lot of things. Yeah. Um, she knows quite a lot of things. So IJ, thanks so much for dropping by. Thanks. My big we'll prediction is people are going to live on Mars. Like a lot of rich people are going to move to Mars for a big part of it, right? And that might help in terms of global warming, right? Just help the Earth restore itself a bit more, also because of AI, basically. So that's yes. my yes. big prediction. Yeah. That, that 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 okay for someone who does not believe in predictions that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> i don't i just have pragmatic like me guys yeah let's not let's not dive into this but <laughs> um my prediction is that in in 20 years universities will, will either be useless or be completely different from what they are today they already are let's let's okay well in terms of education yeah no like like yeah. what you said i mean like they yeah. will, they'll not exist anymore they they'll be gone i should probably shut yeah. up they'll be gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right IJ, take it easy take it easy Bye. yes people hi again thank you for listening to this week's episode of 20s combos if you enjoyed it don't forget to subscribe smash like and follow buttons and you can also share with a friend that you think might enjoy it we release new episodes every monday but in the meantime you can also keep the conversation going and keep in touch with us through our instagram at 20s combos and that is instagram at 20s combos and we post polls videos and quotes of all our content all week remember again it's at 20s combos till next time have a good one guys look after yourselves take care and peace